This is the Thundercast. I'm your host, Christian Esparza. With me today, as always, is Parker Haney. We are super, super excited to be back today. First episode after Christmas break. And Parker, I'll let you go ahead and introduce our very special guest. Yeah, we got a we got our brand new head football coach, Delane Fitzgerald, joining us on the Thundercast today. So everybody needs to pay attention, listen up, because it's it's definitely gonna be a special one. Coach, how you feeling? I'm good, guys. Thank y'all for having me. So, Coach Fitzgerald, uh, when you were announced as the next head coach at SU football, Thunderbird fans went crazy. Your resume speaks for itself. Outstanding job at Frostburg State and Southern Virginia University, 86 and 49 overall, three total conference titles, a Coach of the Year award. Uh, then you had your introductory press conference, and everybody went crazy over that. You had some awesome quotes, and so we just we couldn't get enough of you. Had to get you on here, so. I'll get things going. Football aside, what are you most excited for as uh, far as moving from Maryland to Utah? There's nothing to get excited about moving across country. <laughs> yeah, n- nothing exciting about moving, and actually probably the opposite. It's about the str- most stressful thing you can do. Um, what am I most excited about here? Um, the opportunity to build a great football program uh, that's already sitting in a great town and in a great state and great part of the country, um, beautiful place. and uh, The opportunity – for us to build this thing brick by brick and, and to go from being where we're at right now to, to being respectable, to being really, really good, which is what's going to happen over the next couple of years. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I have quite a few questions about your coaching philosophies. Um, you said in your press conference, um, if you are a starter, you have to play on two special teams. Is that correct? That is correct. So just absolutely love that to start. Um, but what are some other – you know, maybe philosophies that people won't be able to see at the game every day, right? What are some other philosophies that you have in practice that you preach to your guys every single day? Yeah, out on on the on the starters on offense and defense, playing two teams. Um, if you go and sit and do the yardage that goes back and forth in a game, people like that cliche of special teams is one third of the game. If you look at it from a yardage standpoint, special teams is always more than 60% of the game from a yards. When the yards are going back and forth, kickoff to kickoff return, punt to punt return, the team that's winning those battles usually wins a football game. Bill Parcell said a long time ago that for every 10 yards in a football game usually accounts for one point in an NFL game. I don't completely subscribe to that, but, but 10 yards here and 10 yards there and 10 yards in the third quarter and 10 yards in the fourth quarter, it all adds up. It all ends up being really big. The guys that are starting on offense and defense can't put themselves on a pedestal to where they're not going to be good on special teams. They have to be really good, and they have to be accountable on special teams. Um, You asked about philosophies that people won't see. Um, I've got five or six things that I adhere to and that our coaching staff adheres to, and as soon as the players here buy into those five or six things, we'll be a different football program. But, you know, first thing's accountability. And I've used that word a couple times already, but accountability. Show up and show up on time. Show up to class and show up on time. Show up to study hall and show up on time. Show up to the weight room, be there on time. Show up to practice, be there on time. Once you get there and you get there on time, give 100% of yourself. Don't ever have an excuse. Um, Heard more excuses the last couple of weeks than I've heard in the last five or six years. Um, But there can't be any excuses in this football program. That There there can't be. Everybody has to be accountable for themselves. Do not make excuses. Um, I I am wrapped in, in the daily improvement 
aspect of life and our kids getting better each day. Um, we're going to get, I said it in the press conference, I'm saying it again, we're going to get 1% better each day. Um, we've got 100 players on the roster right now, and, and they're, they're in the weight room right now. J- just went into the weight room at 11 a.m. If those 100 guys get 1% better today, how much better are we at the end of the day? Well, we're 100% better. If you stack those 100% on top of each other, we, we show up in August for camp and we show up in September for the season and we are tens of thousands of percent better than, than what we were to start with. And then it, there's a couple other things I like, but then the last thing that, that really needs to be discussed is us finishing. Fin- finish what you start. Finish every single thing you do. And our players are going to learn it, and they're going to learn it this way. We're going to finish the play we're playing. We're going to finish the quarter. We're going to finish the half. We're going to finish each game. They're going to finish their education. They're going to finish raising their kids. They're going to finish their marriages. They're going to finish their jobs as, as sons. They're going to finish their jobs as employers and employees. Um, we're going to be really, really good at finishing. Our coaching staff doesn't talk a whole lot, guys. They don't talk a whole lot about winning. We don't W-I-N. We don't say that word a whole lot. What we talk about is finishing everything you do because people that finish in life usually are winners anyway. I love it. I love it so much. Um and I'm happy that you bring up special teams coach because not a lot of people, like you said, not a lot of people realize how big of an aspect special teams is. Um, you just think maybe an extra 10 yards on a punt return, that's 10 less yards you have to fight for on offense because yards don't come free. Um, another thing you said about special teams in your conference, uh, you put an emphasis on blocking kicks. Um, I'm really curious about that, go into that a little bit. Uh, why you want to make that a point because that's not something you hear as an emphasis but I mean when you think about it at the end of the day I know you mentioned a stat that you had at Frostburg you you blocked a lot of kicks and I'm super curious about that in in the last 10 years as a coaching staff we're blo- we've blocked more kicks than any coaching staff in the country um 2012 2013 when we turned that program at Southern Virginia and got really really good we had more block kicks than we had games so almost never do you block more kicks than you have games. We played 11 games in 2012. I think we blocked 13, 12 or 13 kicks. Um, just, just had a big year that way. Guys, the quickest way, the quickest way to lose a college football game is to get a kick returned on you or to get a kick blocked and returned on you. Well, there's only two chances for that to happen, two situations where that happens in college, and it's punt team and PAT field goal. Yep. So, so when, when you're punting the ball, and when you've got your PAT field goal out there, our score team, because every time they run out there, they're going out there to score points. You have to be really sound in your protection because you can't allow a block kick and you can't allow them to return one for a touchdown. But then we flip it. We're going to be the aggressor. This fall, we're going to be the aggressor. In five years from now, we're going to be the aggressor on special teams. When, we, when our punt return team comes out there on the field, we're looking to block a kick. We're trying to block a kick, and at the exact same time, our kick returner is trying to return a kick for a touchdown. So we've got some things that we do different on punt return than other people in the country do, but we're trying to block a kick every time they're punting, and we're trying to return one at the same time with the scheme that we have employed. The exact same thing on PAT field goal block. If they run their score team out on the field to kick a field goal, to kick a PAT, we're trying to block that kick, and we're trying to return it for a score. Which you turn a field goal for a score, it's seven points. You return a PAT for a score, it's two points. It matters. Every point matters, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I That leads right into my next question. And, and obviously it's it's heavily based on personnel, and and I understand that. But you scored 40 points per game last year. Is that something you're con- hoping to continue to do on offense as far as as far as scheme goes, right? Are you hoping – I mean, you obviously want to score points, but is it 
I guess, yeah, talk to me a little bit about your offensive schemes and are you hoping to just continue to hang 40 points on on people? And, again, I know it's based on personnel, but, you know, there are obviously different ways you can go about it. Are you trying to hold on to the ball and, and score 20 points and win 20-7 to 7, or are you trying to score 40 points a game? Yeah, there, there, there's no coach in the country that's not hoping to score 40 <laughs> right, points right, a game. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. What's impressive about that, and I, I guess – in my head coaching career, three times, three times we've averaged forty points a game. Um, what, what's funny about that is we huddled. That those teams were huddling. People hear yeah. forty some points a game and they think no huddle, hurry up, you're throwing it around the yard. No, we were huddling and running a gap power and running pin <laughs> and pull and, and doing things old style. Um, people call it old school. I call it good school. Um, <laughs> but we we were running good sound football plays and holding on to the football, keeping the football, not turning it over. Um, two, two out of the last. Three years, two out of the last four years, we had a wide receiver have a thousand yards receiving on only fifty catches. Wow. So which which doesn't happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it big 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 time plays, made big plays in big games, but um uh, bombs over Baghdad, throwing the ball deep and having a good time with that. But we run the ball, run the ball, play action, run the ball, and the whole defense is standing beside the quarterback when he throws a post for a touchdown. Um, but but having a good time there. Um, you, you guys are wondering what we're going to employ here, um, and it's going to be a combination of what we did at, at Frostburg in Southern Virginia and then what BYU is currently doing. Um, hired hired the offensive analyst, Blair Peterson, from BYU, and he's been up there working with the quarterbacks for the last three seasons, and he kind of has their, their system down pat, um, and he's an excitable young football coach. Um, he understands what I want from a – ball security and a physicality standpoint. And then we're going to mix and match uh, what we like from, from what we did at Frostburg and what the Y is doing now. So, Coach, um, talking about personnel a little bit, you've been here less than a month. I know you're really busy. You haven't gotten the opportunity to, you know, make your rounds. But so far, what players on the team have stood out to you most from a, a talent standpoint or even a leadership standpoint? Yeah, guys, I've made it a point, and, and you're right. I do know I know the names and, and what they're capable of and some of that stuff a lot better than I did a month ago. I have made it a point not to judge these young men right now. We had our first team meeting last night. They went mm-hmm. into the weight room for the first time as we're speaking right now. Um, it is really, really important to me that everybody, all 100 players in this football program have a clean slate um that they have a clean slate what they've done in the past does not affect them now that they've got a chance to prove themselves all over to to a brand new coaching staff and that's important hey second chances are important and these guys getting a fresh start is important to me um and that's the way things are going to be now we all know here that humans are creatures of habit so my opinion of them in three and a half months from now is probably going to be the same opinion that the last coaching staff had, but I need them to have an opportunity to change the rhetoric, um, to change that before we go forward. Um, I'll know exactly who they are and what they're made of. and what they're, but It's more important to me their mental makeup than it is their physical makeup, but I'll know how mentally tough they are between now and when we get out of school the last week in April. I, I want to talk a little bit about your recruiting philosophy and not necessarily like you know how you're specifically going to get guys to come here but how do you turn guys mentally from when they look at SUU and they see the struggles that they've that SUU has been having right how do you how do you go and sit in some kids home and be like hey it's going to be different because I'm here like I guess yeah what what is your quote-unquote recruiting pitch to all of these kids who are trying to figure out where they want to go and, and play ball at the next level. Yeah, it, it is going to be different. 
it, it's going to be different, and, and we're going to get better, and we're going to gradually we're going to gradually ascend to the top of this conference and be very very formidable. Um, I, I am a bad salesman. It's it's probably a good thing that I'm in education and not in used cars because <laughs> I'd be broke if I was trying to sell somebody a used car because I just tell them the truth. Right. Well, we're going to go in and sit in the living room with these kids, and and we're we're trying to build a fence around the Wasatch Front. So so we're we're going to recruit these Utah kids and and do a good job of that. But I'm going to sit in the living room and tell them the truth. Here's where we're at, and here's where we're going. But would you like to be a part of this? Now, on on the salesman front, we can talk to kids about early playing time because we didn't hit the lottery or not hit the lottery to be one in ten. It wasn't luck. You, yeah. you, you know, this football program earned the right to be one in ten. And when you're one in ten, you, you don't have a lot of great talent. There, there's not a lot of great talent running around. So I can we can go in a living room and talk to a young man about, hey, this beautiful town. Hey, you get all four seasons here. So this town is beautiful. You get all four seasons. We're 20 minutes from a ski resort. Um, we're, we're, we're an hour from some of the best fishing in the world. Um, it, it, all of those things that, that are great. Um, we're two hours from Vegas. We, we can sell all that. Um, you can sell this town because of the people in this town are really, really good. Um, we can sell the education at this university and what a friendly environment this is. I know you guys like being here. I like, I've liked being here the month that I've been here. Uh, but we'll sell education. And then you sell an opportunity to play early. So and then then I guess I guess lastly and and I don't know how much I, I I toot this horn and maybe I should maybe I should beat this drum a little more than I do but we have one of the best coaching staffs in the country if not the best. Coach, I'm glad you bring up the coaching staff. Um, you mentioned Peterson, correct, from BYU earlier. Correct. Uh, what position did you bring him down here for? Yeah, it, Blair Peterson's going to be our quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator, and he's been the offensive analyst at BYU and been working with the quarterbacks there for the last three years. Cool. And if you could, could you go into, I know you've got your D coordinator set, right? Uh, who's that and what does he bring to the table? Yeah, J John Kelling's going to be our defensive coordinator. And, and John's history is this. He was defensive coordinator at North Dakota, University of North Dakota. Um, he was a defensive coordinator at the University of Mary. Um, he was our defensive coordinator for six seasons at Frostburg. And, and th those of y'all out there that don't know, when we, when we inherited that Frostburg job, took that job over in February of 2014, Frostburg was in the exact same situation that SUU is in right now, um, that they wanted one in nine and had had, I don't know, 10-ish. 10-ish straight losing seasons. I know it hadn't been that long here, um, but but the, the four seasons previous to us getting to Frostburg looked just like the four seasons, uh, you know, the last four seasons here at SUU. Um, but, but John came in there and did a great job as our defensive coordinator for six seasons. He left and took the head coaching job at Lock Haven, and, and we were fortunate enough that when I took this job, I called him and asked him if he'd like to join me, and he said, yeah. He said, I'm on the way. Um, the best thing about John is, is there, there's a lot to do here. That there's a lot of building to be done. There's a lot of things to fix, man. Um, I'm going to be able to focus on some some fixing uh, of things that need to be fixed. I'm going to be able to focus on some fundraising. I'm going to be able to do some things that way because I know exactly what we're going to get from our defense, um, and that that's really really important. It's one thing that it's one thing less that I have to worry about that I have to have my hand in. Um, and here's what guys, here's what's going to happen to us over the next couple of years is. Uh, the Thunderbirds gave up 39 points a game last year. You know, giving up almost 40 points a game on defense, and, and we're going to shave. We're going to shave six to ten points off of that this coming year. We'll shave a touchdown at least off of that that this coming year on defense. We're going to turn around. We uh, score the 
the Thunderbirds scored 19 points a game last year. Uh, we're going to score somewhere at 24, 25, 26 points. We're going to close the gap offensively and defensively, statistics-wise, as far as scoring offense, scoring defense. Um, but I'm really, really excited about our two coordinators. Um, Blair, Blair Peterson will do a nice job running our offense. And John Kelling, he'll, he'll have our defense running around playing really hard. Coach, I you're just – you just are the ultimate football guy. You ju- you just know exactly how to get people excited. You know exactly how to address a room, especially a guy full or a, a room full of, you know, young young men that are that are just itching to to play ball and, and get excited. What is your favorite part about one when you played football and playing football, and then two coaching football? Right. What what do you love the most? What what really drives you and, and gives you this passion about football? Yeah, I, I didn't understand this when I was younger, and I'm starting to understand it now. I'm middle-aged, so 45-year-old old guy starting to wrinkle up. And my hair fell out a long time ago. <laughs> hey, when your hair starts falling out, you get wise. <laughs> That's the way it rolls. But um, I didn't understand this as a young guy, but, but I kind of do now. I, I, I'm a team guy. Um, I, I like being around the team. I like being one of the guys. I like being around the guys. Um, one of the one of the pitfalls of going from Division Two to FCS is in Division Two you're allowed to be in the weight room with the guys. And I used to like to walk through there 15, 20 minutes a day, and you know, dap all the guys up and and, and just bark at them and, and and talk shop and and how excited we were and how they were in there getting one percent better and all that. Hey, FCS, you're not allowed to go in the weight room with them. So that's going to be something I'm I'm going to have to get adjusted to. I may stand outside of the weight room over yeah. here in a parking lot with you know a box <laughs> a box full of energy drinks, just handing out energy drinks and pounds as they go in mm-hmm. and smacking everybody in the chest and on the back, and getting them fired up as they go in and out of the weight room. Um, I, I I enjoy the team aspect of things, um, guys. I think football mirrors life more than any other sport. And don't get it twisted because I played three or four sports in high school. I lettered in four sports, three sports in high school, played four. Um, love competitive endeavors. If we've got a chess team or a checkers team here, the chances of me showing up and watching them compete are pretty good. I like competition. Mm-hmm. But I think football more than anything else, and this is my love for football, I think it mirrors life. Okay, In football, the temperature is always changing. You know, you start out in camp, it's 100 degrees. You finish in, in November, and it's below 30. So it starts out, it's smoking hot. You finish up, it's freezing. Um, life, in life, the temperature always changing in your life. Your life's always changing, just like in football. Um, in football, you get knocked down. You get knocked down. You get some dirt on your rear end. You have to get up. You have to dust yourself off. Those things happen in life. Football mirrors life in those aspects. Um, football is really, really hard on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, this the working world, society. Life ain't easy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You just had two days off. You got to get up at 6 a.m. on Monday. You got to go to work. Well, football mirrors that. And then just like life, what happens on Wednesday, you know, hump day. You know, what day is it? Woo, woo. Um, (laughs) You you go through Wednesday, hump day, and then Thursday gets a little better, and then Friday's getting ready to be fun, and then you have fun Saturday, Sunday. Same thing in football. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are not that great, and then Thursday you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Friday you're doing walkthrough for your game on Saturday, and then you get to have all your fun on Saturday. I just think that that football mirrors life more than any other sport. Um, hey, in, in, in life as an adult, you can't do it by yourself. No, no one is successful on their own. No one is doing it all on their own is successful. Well, in football you can't do that. In football you can't be successful on your own either. So the quarterback has to have the center. 
And the running back has to have the center of the guards and the tackles. And the wide receiver has to have everybody, including the, the quarterback. Same thing on defense. 11 guys on defense is a lot better than three or four guys on defense. Um, but, but you have to have people around you with the same goals as you trying to accomplish the same things. Same thing in life. I love it. So, Coach, uh, earlier you mentioned the, the community here in SU, in Cedar City, I guess, in general, as far as uh, not people that go to this university, but, you know, people who live here in Cedar and they're fans of SU football. Obviously, four straight uh, losing seasons by pretty bad margins. Um, what would you say to fans of this team who are frustrated and almost same thing trying to win those fans over and uh, why, why should they be excited about you being here? Keep, keep, this is what I would say to everybody in town. Keep coming back. Uh, continue to come back. Continue, hey, continue to buy your season tickets. Uh, if you got a box, buy a box. You know, if you got season tickets, get tickets. Hey, come out. Bring, bring your families. Continue. Um, do, do I think we're going to win a conference title and a national title in 2022? No. And, and we're not going to. Um, it, it's going to be a building year. It's going to be a building year for us. It's going to be a good year. And people are going to see some differences. They're, they're going to see guys compete. Yeah. They're going to see us compete because that, that's one of the things that, that, that I'm committed to. But we're going to compete, and they're going to see a few more successes here and there. Um, but we're going to build something special this fall. And then here's what they're all going to be able to say in town. The ones that were here this fall are going to be able to say, I got to see it when it started. Uh, because four or five years from now, we'll, we'll compete for conference titles year in and year out. We're going to compete for playoff position and conference titles and be something that Cedar City and Southern Utah and the whole state of Utah can be really, really proud of. Yeah, Coach, I, I know you talked about it a little bit, and I, I, I don't know how much more you have to share, but I'm, I'm always intrigued about the 1% better every day. How do you just – you just even mentioned it with, with not being able to go in the locker room. How do you just develop that honesty within your team and with your players that they are getting 1% better every day, right? I, I know you mentioned a little bit of the accountability, but – how do you just instill that into your guys? How do you help them understand that, like, if we get 1% better every day, this is what the end result will be? Yeah, it, and it, it's you, you, a great question. <laughs> That's a phenomenal question. Um, young people think that they can fall out of bed, fall out of bed, throw their baggy clothes on, throw a hat on backwards and put the hoodie up and throw their shoes on. Hey, skip breakfast, go to class, eat a bad lunch and all that. And y'all just feel like you feel like you're getting better. Young people feel like they're getting better. What I have to instill in our players and what I have to get them to understand is it's easier for them to get 1% better than it is for me to get 1% better at 45 years old, okay? Yeah. It still takes everything you have. It still takes, uh, and how do, how do I say this, intentional living. It still takes focus and intentional living on their part. For, for a football player here to get 1% better today, he's got to give everything he's got for an hour and a half in the weight room today, and then he's got to do something for football, something towards football outside of that hour and a half today. Hey, whether it be running or whether it be film or whether it just be a, um, a, a meditation, you know, visual um, him, him doing um, visual memory and visualization of being successful in football and being successful in the weight room. But, but the 1%, once you get them to buy into that, um, you, you asked a question that's a great question. Once they start getting 1% better each day and they can feel it and see it, I don't have to say a whole lot to them anymore about it. Yeah. So where where I come from, and, and we were we were over the top successful. We we're on fifty. I've won fifty two games in the last five years. Where when you're averaging over 10, 
10 wins a year yeah. and you're only scheduling 10 games a year, yeah. that's a pretty good feeling. <laughs> but I didn't have to talk about the 1% with them a lot. Because, and don't get me wrong, we would talk once or twice a semester about them getting 1% better each day, but I didn't have to because the older guys had already seen themselves get 1% better each day, and they would talk to the young guys about it, and I didn't have to say a whole lot. Yeah. Um, Crossburg State's football program to walk through the weight room, those 15, 20 minutes I walked through, it was a special deal now because there were a bunch of guys getting after it. Yeah. It's like a mindset. Like you, Once you buy in, it's almost like a, a self-sustaining, I guess, sort of deal, right? No, no, doubt, better. no doubt about it. No, and we talk to them about getting one percent better five days a week. You, you guys will know when we're getting ready to make a national title run. We're going to make a conference run and a playoff run and a national title run because right now our weight rooms closed most Saturdays and Sundays. They'll have to keep it open on Saturdays and Sundays because guys are going to come in to get things done. Mm-hmm. We're just talking to them about Monday through Friday right now. We'll know when we'll know when we're getting ready to turn a corner in a big way because that weight room will be open seven days a week and the guys will get better. And then I, I've talked a lot about that weight room, but there, there's going to be an overcommitment. There, there's going to be an overcommitment to the weight room by our coaching staff and by our players. Um, the Thunderbirds got pushed around the, the last couple of falls, and eh, eh, that deal's over with. I love it. Parker, you got anything else you want to ask? Yeah, last question. Coming from a uh, back-to-back intramural champion coach, <laughs> what is the walk-on situation looking like? Do you need any sure-handed tight ends who has, you know, good experience winning games? How long has it been, how long has it been since you played? You know, <laughs> three years. Yeah, you don't want that smoke. <laughs> I got one. I got one of the basketball players beating me up every time he sees me. Says he's coming out. He's coming out. He's coming out. I said, "Son, you play a beautiful sport." I said, "The temperature's always seventy-three degrees in the gym." I said, "When somebody taps you on the arm, they blow the whistle, stop the game. They give you free shots from fifteen feet away." I said, "You don't. You don't want to give that up to run a slant route and get your clock cleaned." Yeah. You can tell Parker's a basketball. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> Coach, I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy, busy schedule. We're super grateful to have you. I'm sure our, our fans and listeners, however few they may be, they're going to love listening to this. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Men, thank you all for having me. Pound T-Birds. Thanks, Coach. Thank you.